Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Ollie Davis, a sore, tender Monday Night Raw Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Monday Night Raw Ollie Davis. How the devil are you? Yeah, feeling a bit tender. I d- obviously, podcast listeners can't see this, but I'm wearing. Not my preferred garment of choice, a WrestleTalk t-shirt. You can get yours at WrestleTalkMerch.com. I'm wearing a mesh under undertop mm. uh, because it is the only thing that I can bear to have touch my freshly waxed chest. And as I'm talking to you, this is new. Um, my headphone cable is catching on my nipple oh yeah there's the sore nip so i mean we should also point out as well that if you are a podcast listener that isn't listening to the Quizzlemania podcast which you very much should be uh ollie davis put his chest hair on the line if he came last again and i don't think it's a big spoiler for the episode because you came so far last it wasn't even like there was literally no chance of you coming anything other than last by about round two. It was a yeah. Uh, so before we started, of course, peeling the curtain back. It is a shoot, brother. But we what there was going to be an element of work to it. I was always going to wax my chest. Obviously, it was for charity. We raised seven thousand dollars for Calm. Thank you, everyone, so much for that. But I thought. Hey, I and I even said this to everyone as a warning. I might not come last. And in that mm. eventuality, we need another way to get to me waxing my chest. So I'll just say, hey, I didn't come last, 
but it's for charity. No, I came really last. By God, and I, that made me quite sad because I thought I might beat David Starr. Yeah, and, and but it was. I mean, I, I don't know what happened to you, man. But like, you got only one of the nips right, which was David Starr's. Um, and even then, you guessed him twice, three times. In fact, you guessed him. I um, figured he was going to come up eventually. I reckon yeah. my nips are going to make an appearance in next week's show. Very well, could be. And then you didn't get any points in uh, prices shite. So yeah, bad day at the office for you. Controversially, because I did. I got three points. There's a bit in the stream where I'm like, huh? When Adam's going through the numbers, because he didn't count my Hulk Hogan vitamin points. Ah. So I did get those. Uh, but ta- tattoos, oh, I've got tattoo blindness. I've been through this before. It all looks like scribbles to me. Uh, and yeah, I didn't get a single one there. Yeah, it was a bad day at the office. But you know who didn't have a bad day at the office? AEW and an excellent episode of Dynamite. How oh, was that for a segue? As we get into this show itself, there could potentially be a new member of the Dark Order. And I've got an argument that this was the best episode of Dynamite in 2020. Here is the show. Colt Cabana, indeed. Uh, is, is that uh, an audio visual addition to this show? That is a visual addition to this show, as your internet is playing up silly buggers today, mate. I'm afraid you're very, you're a bit glitchy. Uh, well, hopefully we won't glitch out too much as we go on. But yes, uh, Colt Cabana was approached last week during the battle royal after he got thrown out by the sort of um, the, t- the television version of the. Uh, the Dark Order, the tele- the telly guy, uh, who's sort of like trying to get people to join in. He handed him a leaflet. And then on this week's show, after Colt Cabana, boom, boom, Colt Cabana, lost to Chris Jericho, he was approached backstage by the telly man and Mr. Brody Lee, who said that he uh, is looking to, he can help him out. He can turn these losses into wins for him, trying to recruit him. And they gave him a bottle of water that cult accepted brody lee's special juice like michael jordan's special water from space jam indeed yes which was also referenced in being the elite uh at some point last year um and when it cuts back to the commentators excalibur says well he didn't seem uninterested in the offer or disinterested in the offer. So, yeah, the storyline that they're currently running and teasing at the moment is that Colt Cabana could join the Dark Order. Now, we've seen this before with Christopher Daniels in that he teased joining them, teased he was even the leader part of their SCU feud. But this is the first time we've seen a proper... So I, I, I want to say mid-carder, but the way AEW is organized, I guess Colt isn't a mid-carder. He's actually beneath that. He's like upper dark, I would say. But the other uh, additions so far, John Silver, um, Alex Reynolds, 10, Alex Reynolds, you know, they, they are nowhere near the level of some potentially higher profile recruits. Colt Cabana will definitely be the biggest dark order addition since its inception. I know you could say Brody Lee, but in theory, he was always part of it, right? So I guess, is this going to go the route of Christopher Daniels, where Cabana seems like he's going to join, or does Cabana actually join? 
Hmm. Yeah, I um, it'd be interesting. Yeah, because the way that Cabana came into AEW as well was to help SCU fight off against the Dark Order. So I'm wondering if they're going to play off on some of that as well. Maybe SCU will jump in to try and help Colt sort of get out of this funk that he is in. And maybe that's how he fights against the Dark Order. But I actually would be quite interested in seeing a storyline where Colt is part of the Dark Order. I I don't really... I mean, Cabana is enormously talented. He can make a success of pretty much anything you know like damien sandow mm-hmm. you can make a success of anything you give him so sure I, I me particularly i don't think i want to see this though that's not to say i wouldn't like it when it happens i just right now i can't really see a way of this being engaging just because i like colt being colt and mm-hmm. i don't think i've had that version of him in AEW yet so why go off in a different route if there's so much potential on the table for him already? Uh, also, while I am interested in this, I can't help but think it is a is a slight, no, a, a very big step down from what Brody Lee was doing just two weeks ago, and that was having an excellent match. You know what? What was my favourite spot of Double or Nothing? the finish to his title match against John Moxley. I would have liked to have seen Brody and the Dark Order enter a feud with a more established AEW wrestler. Yeah, I mean, that was the the point I was going to make about this as well, is that while I do, I am quite interested in seeing a potential Colt Cabana join to the Dark Order storyline, and then that sort of spins off into Colt versus Lee. While at the same time I'm thinking, I was like, yeah, but that does feel like a major step down for for Mr. Brody Lee, just as you said, two weeks ago, was fighting for the AEW title. And it almost feels like the Kevin Owens situation. Like, you know, they Kevin Owens got two big wins at WrestleMania and seeming, and clearly WWE had no plans on what to do with those two wins. But it also feels like they didn't have a plan for Brody Lee on the way out of the Moxley feud. Like, especially with that really, really protected loss that he had, you know, being put through the stage, still kicking out of a paradigm shift. And the only way that he could be beaten was to have the blood literally choked from his body. And he's and now sort of entering into a feud and sort of like recruiting more low level people. It doesn't feel like this is riding the wave of momentum that he had off the back of Double or Nothing. No, and I find that unfortunate. I'm not saying that this won't get good. I'm just saying in the immediate aftermath, it seems like a a misfire. uh, Not carrying on that momentum. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Uh, right, so let's get on to our Pledge Hammer shout-out, and then we'll get to your super chats. Thank you, Ryan B. Bad. Woo-hoo. I can do the next one. I haven't got mine up yet. The Beast, Brock Taylor. Thank you, Thank very, you very much. Thank you very much. I've got, them, I've got them now. The British Bulldog, Philip Boyd J. Smith Jr. Thank you. I'll stay do down, Derek Graves. Yeah, you stay down. Your best friend, Neon Palette. Thank yeah. you very much. He's no jackass, Dano. Yeah, lovely stuff. Rob Steiner, recliner. Woo! Blompier's number one fan, Tom Delves. Never heard of him. Uh, Andrew Marvelous Mark Mercoliano. Oh, nicely um, delivered. Nearly. Jack, Jack Daniels on the Carl Rocks. Yes, absolutely. The Submission Magician, Sean Baszler. Woo! Thank you, Sean. And Bad Connection, Thomas Lagden. Yes. Whoa. Thank Very you. Nice. And of course, our moderators, as always, who are full of modichlorians, Tomo. Tomo. We've got a new moderator, Matt Netic Field. Oh, hey, Matt. I don't know if he's in the chat today, but Garage Art with a V, Les, the mod mother, Jenna. Thank you, everyone, all so much. The best Daoud is usually around two, bumhead Rob, uh, because we couldn't really do these live streams without you. And Quizzlemania as well. Yeah. We couldn't do that stuff without you. Thank you so, so much. Uh, shall we quickly get to some super chats before we get on with the full play-by-play and Luke's glowing review of this episode? Uh, Colostopia says, hide your mothers. Sean Ross Sap is coming. Oh, I mean, that's also double-barreled meaning on that one as well, if you're not seeing it written down. Oh, yes. <laughs> Good point. Uh, watch Quizzlemania from yesterday uh, to get these jokes and Colostopia again. Next time David Starr wrestles, when he is introduced, the other wrestler has to take the mic and call him the Stifler of Wrestling. Hashtag jam that jam. He is now, yeah, he is the Stifler of Professional Wrestling and Sean Rossap apparently is the Finch 
of professional wrestling. Um, yes. It's actually quite handy that I've at least I've just been rewatching the American Pie movies. Uh, I watched one and two over the weekend. S um, word break, they call S- him. Yeah, do you know what? There was actually a debate recently online that said that his name wasn't S word break. It was S word brick. And I was like, no, there's no way. It's always, I, I've always said it was S word break. And then I was listening, I was watching the movies again. I was listening out for it. And I was like, it does sound like he's saying brick though at times. But after some searching it, yeah, it 100% is S word break, not brick. Well, I'm glad we cleared that up. Let's get on with the uh, full play-by-play of AEW. But before we do, let's just give some overall thoughts because Lucas put me in this terrible position where I really enjoyed the show. I thought this was a great episode of AEW Dynamite, but by its own standards, a great episode is just a normal episode for AEW. Like, think about last week, the FTR debut, the Jericho Tyson angle, all the matches that happened on it. It was a fantastic show. Uh, so I thought by the end of this, this is a, you know, this was a high three out of five. And then my review goes up and, and Luke sends me the message of what we're going to call today's video. Best episode of AEW so far. And I thought, God damn it. I'm going to, you're going to make me look like I've hated the episode because I didn't think it was the best episode ever. It's Kong Skull Island all over again. <laughs> I'm I'm going to preface this by saying you're okay, man, because... Not a flawless episode of Dynamite. We just talked about the Brody Lee thing then. Still no direction for Hikaru Shida, despite the fact that she won the AEW Women's Championship in an excellent match with Nyla Rose. So far, far, far from a perfect show. But this was the best show of 2020. And I'll tell you for why. I, uh, My friend uh, Tom uh, and his wife um, have just, they've had a baby recently. Uh, very, very lovely news. Um, so, you know, obviously enormously happy for those. But uh, Tom is a guy that I brought up a couple of times as someone who has said, I'm looking to get back into wrestling. I'd be quite interested in checking it out again. I've said to him, there have been times where I've been watching AEW. Where I've been thinking like, this is the show I'm going to recommend him that he starts off from. And then there'll be something like the Matt Hardy Damascus stuff or like beating down Vanguard when I'm like, ah, this works if you're already in this world. But if you're a newcomer to it, it might be it might be a to one step removed from being like I'm, I'm actually going to get into this world now. This episode wasn't though. After each segment, I was like, "This is the episode to recommend." Another segment goes by; it's still the episode to recommend. Another episode. Goes, this this is definitely the episode to recommend. This episode was firing on all cylinders and was consistently great throughout. Yep, a lot of recap packages. Completely understand that. But for a new viewer coming in, I think this might be the best episode of AEW. This felt like it wasn't just, it wasn't a reset show. But if you came into this episode having not seen last week's episode or even not seen Double or Nothing, you could get everything that you need to know into heading into Fighter Fest. And that's good. And it did a lot to get you excited about Fighter Fest as well. So you're watching this with a fresh pair of eyes you're seeing loads of cool characters you're seeing these debuting characters give amazing promos you're finding out about these feuds you're finding about about who's where and who's doing what storylines that are being teased for down the line and 
that's why I think this is the most consistently best episode of AEW Dynamite. Also, it had that Britt Baker segment, which was absolutely fabulous. Well, look out for best episode of AEW Dynamite so far on WrestleTalk Clips tomorrow. There you go. <laughs> it, well, it really was. I, I do agree with with everything you've said. I just think that you know our criteria differs a little bit from uh, what what would constitute a five out of five show. I I think stuff ha- needs to have like two to three amazing standout moments or like one all time memorable great moment. Uh, for for me, last week had those a plenty, uh, and the, the there's there's been a plenty of other AW episodes this year that I would also put in that bracket. Uh, this, to me, was a very, very solid episode. Uh, and, you're, yeah. and you're absolutely not wrong on that because there's quite a few that you could point to. The, the one with the Cody Wardlow cage match was an absolutely banging episode of Dynamite. The Pack Omega Iron Man match, banging episode of Dynamite. Like, there have been, even like phoenix versus nick jackson like there have been better wrestling throughout and i absolutely do will not say that this was you know the most best show for in-ring wrestling absolutely not but i just think from a sort of consistency standpoint and like for like I, I, and then maybe that's it i'm coming in from a de- different criteria of just like if i was to show if i was to show an episode of dynamite to a new viewer this is the episode i would pick i just thought that like it just did its job absolutely brilliantly so tony khan i'll expect that you know my check as usual um and for the comments to flood in with my bias i maybe maybe that's it maybe you went in with the mindset of my mate wants a new wrestling product to get into i'm looking out for that whereas whereas i went in with the thrills and highs of last week's episode Uh, Mm. and i'm not saying it 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 was yeah this episode delivered exactly what it was supposed to so a, a big tick uh but after a recap of last week's episode where is it you know look at some of these things that happened ftr debuting cody's open challenge announcement jungle boy winning the battle royal mox and cage having that uh first confrontation tyson and jericho i was like damn that was a big episode last it was week. a packed ever show it was a really packed show last week uh, and then we, before that, there was a, a very nice Black Lives Matter tribute video thing before. Uh, and it cuts to the, the main crowd. And for everyone going, ah, oh, yeah. So when WWE put wrestlers in the crowd, it's a bit lame. But when AEW do it, you love it. The, the, look, just watch the opening of this. They are so different because all the wrestlers are getting over their unique characters. Billy Gunn and Austin Austin Gunn. Gunn. There, they're doing their own little thing. MJF's with Wardlow, healing it up, sometimes putting on bets I, I have in my head. And the the best thing, one of the best things about this episode, Luke's already alluded to it, is Britt Baker, the role model, role spell R-O-L-L, because she's on a wheelchair, because she injured her leg, was on not just her wheelchair done up like a throne, but her wheelchair done up like a throne, done up on a giant platform. It was her Rolls Royce. Come With a little on. little bit of paper that said Rolls Royce. Come on, man. So good. And that's what it is. Like the, the crowd, the, the NXT, they're not there to be faces or names or characters. They're, they're, they're just there to make noises. Like they may as well have a laugh track. 
Like that's pretty much what they're that's what they want them to do. Whereas the AEW crowd, what they're doing for these like for this is go out there and just be your character. Be your character reacting to this show. And in that, you do get some moments. We saw it at Double or Nothing with Big Swole. Big Swole was actually really vocal throughout that. And you always noticed her. And when you pick people out, like when you come to watch this show where she has a match, you're like, ah, yeah, she did all that stuff at Double or Nothing. And and all of MJF's interactions at ringside inform his matches later on. I, I, yeah, I love it. Uh, the, the, the first match, though, was Kenny Omega and Hangman Page defending their tag titles against Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian, who won the match last week to be set up for this title opportunity. And I, I think this is a fantastic structure to Dynamite. You open with a tag match or a tag title match because they've, they've got the best tag division in the world. Hot diggity damn. Yes, they do have the best tag division in the world at the moment. And this match was awesome. I absolutely loved every single second of this match. It was so, so good. It, you know, and it even like it features your sort of typical wrestling shenanigans of Jimmy Havoc hits uh, both Paige and um, Omega with a ring wrench. Um, like when the referee's back is turned after Penelope Ford was being ejected. But it didn't just become heels work over one of the baby faces. Baby face goes get the hot tag. They did that, but then they also still had loads of back and forth after that. The heels would run wild again. Omega would run wild. I, there were times where like, I, I never thought that Havoc and Sabian were winning this match, but they had some near falls in here that made me believe that they were going to do a title switch. Yeah, and I... It's, it fleshes it out more because this is happening in the ring. And, you know, from what I understand, Havoc and Sabian still aren't ranked uh, the, the, the way AEW do their rankings. Ooh, it that's problematic, the, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know. uh, but it cuts to the crowd, but not the crowd at ringside, the stands where it's just Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler. Did I say that right? You did, yeah. Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood. I've got to get used to this. I, I write the revival so much still as well. They're just sitting alone in the stands watching on. There's so much subtext being built around the match. Uh, like, you know, you zoom out and there's another story at play, the macro opposed to the micro. And I love Hangman Page and Kenny Omega's finisher. Yes. I, I say this a lot, but I have missed it. And I've missed Hangman Page, and I've missed the tag titles. We've had some excellent tag team wrestling on Dynamite over the last few months, but I so you don't really notice it. But seeing them back here, I was like, the champions are in the house. I've got almost the exact same notes I've written here. Man, I've really missed Hangman Page. Just him making his entrance, and those belts, those beautiful, beautiful belts. And the way that these two wrestle together as a team, absolutely love it. The, the FTR thing you mentioned as well, just them sort of sitting there, stands watching, and you didn't you didn't see them watching any of the other matches on the show. It was the tag team match that they watched because that's what they're really interested in, and that fuels the promo that they cut later on, which you know about why they came to AEW. I and even like there was comedy in this match. Penelope mm. Ford tries to do her top rope Hurricane Rana. Paige just catches her. Uh, looks at the referee and says, what do I do? <laughs> yeah, she hasn't technically hit a move on me yet. There's no interference at play here. I like that, where the referees are allowed to go, ah, 
Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I, it's a, it, was, it was great stuff. It really elevated Havoc and Sabian as well, which is only fantastic. The, the only slight criticism I have, and I guess it's not even a criticism, it's just a bit of outlook towards the future. That is, well, what do Havoc and Sabian do now? I don't really see them staying in the mix of the Lucha Bros and FTR and the Young Bucks. So I feel this might have just been a bit of a one-week push, like we've seen for countless others over the months on Dynamite, because not everyone can be at the top all the time. You know, the best friends are in there as well. They've got a much, well, they've got the title match at Fighter Fest. Exactly. Yeah. I think that this felt more like it was a filler feud, like a feud as it were, because it was, you know, not really a feud, but just something like filler to do for the tag champs to, to establish themselves, get some good, uh, some good wind under their belt to lead into their much bigger tag match at Fighter Fest against the best friends, which has been building for much longer. After that, we got a, that this is, this is another thing about AEW that I love. And we've said it, we've said this time and time again as well. Something will happen, and we'll all say that was a bit naff. Even though, you know, in the grand scheme of wrestling things, it isn't that, it's nowhere near the naffest thing of that day, probably, but it's not what we want AEW to be. We want AEW to be higher, of, of a higher standard than everything else. And we all said that the Sean Spears versus Dustin Rhodes match at Double or Nothing wasn't what we wanted AEW to be. That, in, that involved a lot of comedy. Sean Spears was stripped to his underpants where he had a picture of Tully Blanchard's face on. And here we got a clip backstage from earlier in the day of Tully yelling at Sean Spears. Like, what are you? What, what is it? Why, you, why do you keep flitting from I'm looking for a tag team partner to I'm this comedy guy to now I've got a vicious streak. All the stuff that we were criticizing AEW for a double or nothing. And then it shows a clip later on in the day where Tully gets into a car with Sean Spears and says, I think I have the answer for you. And there's a lockbox, not, not that lockbox. He opens it up. I thought we were going to get a bit of a Pulp Fiction moment where you Same don't here. see what's in the box. I think I would have preferred that, but I don't mind what they did. Uh, and Sean Spears just lifts out a black glove. And then you cut to the commentators who are putting this over like he just gave him the ring to rule them all. Like they were putting it was like, oh man, there's so much history around the black glove. You know, Tully knows that black glove better than anyone. And it was just like, they gave so much history to that. Like, so if you are coming to the being like, what the hell is all this about? The commentators made you go like, oh, okay, wow. Yeah, this this is something to, to be mindful of. And you're totally right as well. Like the the, the Tully promo, it's, it was posted on AEW social media. Would have preferred the whole thing to be on TV because that that's just the way my mind operates. I just think that you know, if you've got something this good, just put it on television where the most people are going to see it. But holy hell, what a promo Tully cuts. And it is all about the things she said there. Like it's it's the things that we've been criticizing Sean for. We literally said on last week's episode, what is Sean? Like it, it's another new gimmick for him. And here we are. It's another new gimmick for him, but this time it feels like that there's a storyline reason for it this time. And I like that. Yeah, let's just hope they stick with it. I don't want to be here in three weeks' time and he's cutting a, a fake news comedy skit on his <laughs> Fighter Fest opponent. After that, we got Brian Cage come out for Sean Dean, uh, which was a, a very quick squash match. Brian Cage looks awesome. What's the name of his finisher again? The Drill Claw. Driver. Drill Claw. 
Drill 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 Drill. It's one of um, Wolverine's moves from the uh, like the, uh, right. the, Cap the Capcom fighting games. Um, but yeah, my favorite thing about this is Taz laughing while Brian Cage does suplexes. And it's not laughing at him being like, what a rubbish suplex. I do better suplexes. It's laughing and being like, it's Sean Douglas, it's Shane Douglas laughing. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I could think of was like, <laughs> that's the laughing that he's doing. <laughs> And a right old chuckle to himself is like, I've got the best guy on this whole roster. <laughs> the guy loves suplexes. He does love suplexes. <laughs> and I absolutely love And then he cuts, man, he cuts a heck of a promo for Brian Cage. Mm. We're not here to play games. I saw you on commentary laughing at what we were doing. Not laughing the way that I laugh. It's all right when I'm... <laughs> you were giggling. And like, and when Mox comes out, and Mox's music hits, and I'm like, oh man, business is about to pick up here. And Mox is about to step through the ring, through, step through the ropes, or step through the ring. And Taz just goes, I'm just going to warn you now if you step into this ring, something bad might happen. And I love that little line. And, and Mox just, like, eh, just thinks about it for a second, steps through, and is like, this could be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. And he says, going to war with Brian Cage is exactly what I want. And Brian Cage, doesn't know what you've gotten yourself into if you're going to beat me it's going to take you all night to beat me this it was a great promo from taz cage looked so awesome standing behind him moxley looked wicked when he came out i loved it absolutely loved it it was so incredibly solid and what i really really like about it is how you can see this feud progress it's not like the first night they've done something crazy in a big angle or even on this episode we're two weeks in now and last week it was taz calling out moxley on commentary this week it was mox getting into the ring still just doing a promo there's a really neat progression of tension here and that is very satisfying when it eventually concludes into a big angle brawl which I imagine will come close to the pay-per-view. So yes, mm -hmm. very, very effective, uh, but nothing flashy or spectacle. Uh, after that, we got Lance Archer just murdering a guy in some kind of backyard wasteland. Uh, and I, believe, Alex... I mean, if, if the good place has taught me anything, that's just Florida. Like that's just what <laughs> Florida looks like. <laughs> I feel Jack like, Jack Jacksonville in particular. Yeah, the good place. There's a lot of Florida jokes in Brooklyn Nine Nine, and it's now like writers. all of the wrestlers are, are now wrestling out of Florida. I have never known so much about Florida in my life. Do you feel <laughs> the same? Like the last four months? Yeah. I mean, as I said, all I know about Jacksonville is what the good place has told me, and apparently, it's a hellhole. It's a dump. <laughs> well, it seems to that there seems to be a bit of charm about it, though. I am yeah. I am de developing a begrudging respect. I, I implore everyone to go and watch the Beach Bum, which is a Harmony Kareem film from last year, which kind of sort of idolizes the trashy part of Florida culture. So the neon, <laughs> the the weed smoking, the guns, kind of like Spring Bakers with Matthew McConaughey. Uh, but yeah, Lance Archer's there. He's doing what he does to start every segment, already killing someone. <laughs> it's like a joke, but it's really fun. And he does the talking here. He looks right down the camera, away from Alex Marvez. Jake the Snake Roberts is in the background, kind of concerned and being like, he's not going to kill this guy too, is he? And he says that he's on a mission. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jake was scared. Jake was uh, Jake. You know, Jake's the man who's in control of what Lance does. But here, he was scared of what he's unleashed here. It's exciting, yeah. man. I don't know what you do with Lance now, 
but uh yeah you know I'm, I'm i'm curious to see what that is yeah i don't know where you go either yeah mm. well, well we'll see i'm sure they've got something uh afterwards we got matt hardy so another sort of backstage segment matt hardy joins private party in a bar because the mark Quenant injury angle was a work i got worked brother i absolutely got worked very very smart stuff using that as a misdirect to throw people off the scent of the FTR debut. Really, really, like, high-level thinking. The only thing I would criticize, again, is you made it look like wrestling was fake. Because yeah. they were like, oh, no, the plans for this predetermined match have fallen apart. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I didn't... That bit I didn't like. But the the, the idea, I thought, was... That's, that's really high-level stuff there. Really, really cool. Uh, but, yeah, Matt Hardy comes in, and they create... The Hardy Party. <laughs> they did. Uh, this was Team Extreme Matt Hardy, um, for the record, because this this is, you know, the three faces of Hardy or the four faces of Hardy, if you will. Um, but yeah, this was Team Extreme Matt Hardy. So he was there to talk about him and his brother and the connect, like the tag team wrestling side of Matt Hardy talking to uh, to Private Party. And, you know, he wants to give them advice. He wants to help them become the future of tag team wrestling. And the reason why it's important to note that this was Team Extreme Matt Hardy is because Team Extreme Matt Hardy then leaves this bar and walks past Sammy Guevara and says, I've got no problem with you. And he carries on walking, which Sammy is super confused about because broken Matt Hardy, Damascus Matt Hardy has an issue with Sammy Guevara, not Team Extreme Matt Hardy. Right? I That's probably it. I actually took it as this is a tease for Sammy's babyface turn eventually. Like in in all of the stuff that Sammy has done, you know, all of those golf cart bumps and going against Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy's almost worked up a respect for him. You know, I am done with you now. Didn't, didn't even say respect. He bowed to yeah. him in the corridor. Yeah, like the, the, the namaste stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I just thought because Sammy's had a, a load of babyface spots like too many to ignore now and this was a this to me felt like yet another breadcrumb on the trail that is a Guevara babyface turn which I don't think is going to happen anytime soon but I think mm. that this is the long-term plan Sammy versus Jericho yeah could very well be and um, we got the announcement that fighter fest uh is going to be over two weeks it's a two-night event and it's going to be on TNT nice I actually missed that announcement that wasn't in my feed <laughs> Yeah, so it's going to be on July 1st and July 8th, I think. So are those, is that a Wednesday? I actually meant to check this beforehand, um, but forgot because I've had such a busy day today. July 1st is a Wednesday. Yeah, so it's just going to be in place of Dynamite for two weeks at the start of July. Um, yeah, it's going to be. And all the titles are going to be defended. I love that. So we're going to get another themed episode of Dynamite, <laughs> just like the uh, Bash at the Beach episodes in, in January. Yes. Yeah, I think that's excellent. And like we would have got with Blood and Guts as well. Uh, so so the idea of having because you've only got four pay-per-views a year you have these big tv events to build to in the interim love it yeah big big fan of that uh and then we got uh i mean i've written here colt cabana versus mike tyson uh what actually meant to write was colt cabana versus chris jericho that wasn't in my feed <laughs> uh, because and the reason why i thought that's because we got a big recap of the tyson jericho angle from last week and sammy guevara comes out here to sing 
the Judas song for the entrance. But he's not just out of tune anymore. He's (laughs) He's leveled it up and he's now out of time with the song as well he's singing lyrics he doesn't know all the words he gets muddled up with them he (laughs) sings them too early he sings it too late it is and the funniest thing about i mean sammy's so good but watching jericho try not to corpse through all of this is so funny like he's got walked the ring serious jericho face while sammy's in the background like Come try to keep as straight a face as possible. It's amazing. You can see it because Jericho's got the huge aviator glasses on, but you can you can see his jaw go really tense <laughs> because he's just trying to hold this grin in. It's like a straight line that's yeah, really, really funny stuff. Yeah. Uh it's yeah, he's doing it intentionally. He he because he when he started out, he 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 didn't have a great voice, but he was carrying the tune and it was quite nice. So what a brilliant bit of heel work. But this was for a match against Colt Cabana, not Mike Tyson. And Cabana, yep, yeah, surprise, surprise, he's amazing. He can do assay moonsaults. Uh, he can do top rope hurricane runners. Amazing stuff. But everyone falls to the Judas elbow. It's Judas effective. What I found interesting was the commentators saying this was only Jericho's third singles match this year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but he's done a lot of tag matches, hasn't he? Because he was mm. tagging with um, Sammy, because there were a lot of, I mean, myself included, who thought they might do um, Les Sex Gods versus Omega and Pages, one of the tag feuds. Yeah, well, I think we we will get uh, Tyson Cassidy, maybe, versus Sammy and Jericho. Uh, oh, I, I, I haven't told you this yet. I haven't told you my theory. I've only told Adam this, I think, actually. Um, I think we're going to get at All Out Jericho versus Sting with Mike Tyson in the corner of Sting. Because Jericho's been the one that we've been talking about Sting coming in. Jericho's got the bat. I just, I, I, there's, they, they can't have just given Jericho a bat for no reason, right? Or am I, be, am I reading too much into it? That is that is an interesting detail, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, but then after the match, after Jericho wins, uh, Jericho calls out Tyson again. Uh, he wants the baddest man in the planet. And this brilliantly bought... Because I was like, well, now he's said it. Anyone who walks through that, that entranceway and it isn't Tyson, it's going to fall flat. Of course they know what they're doing. Orange Cassidy walks out brilliant moment comes into the ring puts jericho's hands in jericho's sparkly belt in lieu of pockets and then ducks a jake hager clothesline takes out everyone and just hangs out with his best friends at ringside he just went down there not to attack but to just show them up and he just went down there to avoid all of their moves get out the ring and go to the back with trent and and chucky t which is great. It's just a, it's a slow build towards what we yeah. said last week. Man, you've got to do Jericho Cassidy, surely. Yeah, that's going to, I think that'd be an amazing, amazing match. Do you want to take us through the next segment? Because you, you know, <laughs> I, I love Britt Baker, but you get a special kind of joy out of this. I love Britt Baker so, so much. And this is, it's just great character work that she's doing. And this was, Britt Baker being an incredible role model and showing how amazing she is at being getting back into fitness for her return at All Out. 
And a lot of that is not being able to lift weights and having Rebel push the chair for her out while she celebrates. But the bit that made me laugh the most is when she, like, Brit is like, like in slow motion, wheeling herself up this ramp while the doctor and Rebel are cheering her on. And then all of a sudden, Tony Schiavone just yes. appears from nowhere to also cheer her on. What is their relationship? I don't know, but it's so good. I think, obviously, uh, you know, Britt Baker really doesn't think anything of Tony in kayfabe. Uh, and I think Tony actually does like Britt Baker, though. Yeah. So that this was genuine. This wasn't him coming in to say, no, you're rubbish. You're doing a sort of naked gum pushing her back down the stairs in a wheelchair. This was oddly wholesome. Yeah. It was really good. And it was then so weird because the next segment we got also had Tony Schiavone in it, like the next interview segment we got anyway, where he was back to being super serious Tony Schiavone. But I didn't look and be like, yeah, but you're a you're a comedy goof, aren't you? Because you're in that Britt Baker thing. He treads that line very, very well, does old Tone. Yeah, I did, it's, yeah. It, there was a match in between it where we had yes, yeah, Big, yeah. Swole, Big Swole versus Nyla Rose, uh, which was fine. But, uh, N- Nyla Rose won. Uh, Big Swell got a bit of heat back afterwards by brawling with Britt Baker. Not brawling with Britt Baker, but sort of... Getting in the face of her. Yeah. Uh, And Britt Baker doesn't just move around on the wheelchair. It's an entire platform that's attached to some kind of truck. It's just insane. It looks like she is a robot. Like she's (laughs) part of a larger mechazord. Uh, And Sheeta was in the crowd. So, yeah, this was the women's division but i still don't think we can say there is any actual storyline here yeah they're still just just biffing it left right and center with the women's division at times and it's just a, which is such a shame it's just mm. it's a real real shame but like you can't you can't ignore it at this point like i mean you, we, we, we haven't ignored it since day one but like the longer it goes on the more it gets exposed that i just don't think they care enough about it mm. which is a shame really uh, Tony Schiavone, as you already mentioned, was interviewing Darby Allen backstage about his kind of rivalry with Taz and Brian Cage. You know, yeah, how Taz was approaching Darby earlier on to to get his services for him. So yeah. th- this was a I thought this was really really nice because it's a little it's a little segment in the grander scheme of things, but actually it's got Taz and Cage, a very new act. Cage is brand new to the company. They're in two pretty big feuds, and yeah. that really makes them feel important. Completely, yeah. And it's you know we don't get a lot of mic time for Darby, so you know this was only a small amount of it, but it's good to get over that character. And yeah, says that he's going to have the last laugh. So he's injured at the moment, like kayfabe injured. But um, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I love Darby, so I'm looking forward to seeing him back. And I think him versus Cage is going to be fantastic. Uh, and then after that, we got. Yet more Shivani yeah, doing did. a sit-down interview with FTR where they just had an excellent normal interview. You know what? It started off just normal, like a normal interview. And I thought, huh, what what is this? This doesn't it's it's too naturalistic to be a sort of gimmick promo. Uh, are they going what what are they doing with FTR's characters? I was still trying to figure it out. And by the end of the segment even though they do not put their allegiances one way or the other in terms of bad guy or good guy, I found their performances and their new portrayal utterly captivating. 
absolutely i mean oh man i'm gonna get so many like tweets and messages and stuff about bias or whatnot but i loved it i absolutely mm. loved this I, I thought this was such a strong interview and it was just you know they were talking about the tag division and just putting over everyone in the tag division is like oh man we can't wait to like you know ftr at the moment aew is a revolution what does it stand for it's for the revolution it's for this tag team revolution that we're living in putting over butcher and blade private party lax is like now we're all under this roof lucha brothers are one like you know they're a great tag team but they don't follow tag team rules so i can't wait to teach them tag team rules putting over the tag team champions as a great team but also saying yeah, but they're not a real team though are they and they don't mention the Young Bucks. And Tony Schiavone brings this up and they go like, well, do you know what? Young Bucks isn't a dream match for us. Like we're not interested in having five-star classics. We're not interested in Dave Meltzer depraising the work that we do. We just want to go there, punch them in the face and win it in three seconds. But it really boils their piss that people like Dave Meltzer have said, they're the next Midnight Express. Because no, we're the best tag team on the planet. And we're going to prove that by beating the Young Bucks, not in a big five-star classic, but just beating them as quickly as possible. Just going to punch them in the mouth. And and there's uh, and Cash said the reason why they saved them last week from Butcher and Blade is because they don't want there to be, they want there to be zero doubt about this win. They don't want Matt claiming about back injuries or anything about that. They just want to beat them and have zero doubt about that, that they are the best tag team on the planet and there was a point it was like even you like you know people like dave Meltzer, even you commentators talk about how they're the best tag team on the planet and we want apologies from you as well because we're the best tag team they're so convincing in what they're saying i genuinely believe them that how much they love tag team wrestling it was just absolutely brilliant and then like that's that's just part one of this segment and then there's a second part to it yeah because shortly after that the Butcher and the Blade, dressed all in white, uh, start walking down the stairs that were set behind them. It was kind of like this large lobby, which I imagine is in Daly's place. And yeah, then everyone starts rushing over to the Butcher and the Blade, trying to separate them from FTR. Uh, and, and yeah, FTR just walk off being like, hey, we're not going to fight you. We're businessmen. We'll fight you next week. And the match was made. We're going to get FTR versus the Butcher and the Blade next week in their debut match, which is, I think is a really smart way to take it because this, this, this was such a good promo in how it made me not just want to see one match. It made me want to see five matches before we get to the young bucks. I want to see FT. I don't, well, I do want to see the young bucks FTR as soon as possible, but what I need is to watch FTR beat every single team in the tag division and then beat the young bucks yeah right i'm i'm super into them at the moment and i love the way that this was framed as so they did they finished the interview tony shivani said thank you for your time you know and then they shook hands and whatnot and then they stand up and the cameras are sort of like you know they, they've finished the interviews so they're just going to turn everything off and tony's just having a chat with them being like you know hey you know i i wondered what ftr said before i thought it might be f the revival which they they bleeped out uh and that's when butcher and blade come in and so it felt yeah as i said it was like there was the the taped interview aspect and then there was the real aspect of this of these two teams sort of having this argument back and forth yeah and cash just saying like yeah us getting in your face last week that was just business we're just business i'm a we're businessmen and then just throws a bottle of water in his face and walks away i loved it absolutely 
loved it. I feel I like, I feel like I'm, a, I'm a broken record on this mm. podcast. I very much appreciate that. But yeah, I can't get over it. I can't wait to see them next week. After that, we got the Brody Lee approach of Colt Cabana. And then we got our main event, uh, Cody defending his TNT title against Jungle Boy. We said last week that Cody's new gimmick is to have the best wrestling match on TV every single Dynamite. And yep, he did that here. Like this was just, oh, it was brilliant. Really, really loved this match. It did so much. And like the, the so Cody picked the win, obviously. But at the end of the match, they were talking about, you know, we said that Jungle Boy going 10 minutes with Chris Jericho might have been his best performance in Dynamites. But actually, he's leveled up here and this was his best performance. This was the closest this man is coming to being like it to be feel like a real main eventer. And it was just it was all designed to put Jungle Boy over. And it absolutely did that in spades. The best thing you can do in wrestling is have everyone more over than when they start. And that's the entire point of this title, it seems. Cody has created this title. I guess the only person it hasn't worked out for is Lance Archer, because he did have to take that loss. Uh, but I, I I think we, I said it at the time, I thought that was the right decision. And looking at what we're in store for, I think that's now objectively the right decision because there is so much more mileage in Cody as this champion, defending it every week, putting over someone in defeat for months and months and months than Lance burying people is what he does. There's nothing wrong with that. That's why he's such a cool, different character. But Cody can do the complete opposite, and that is much healthier for the company as a whole because he can elevate guys. And he gave Jungle Boy so much here while still getting himself over because he was wrestling like borderline heel aggressive. Mm-hmm. He was so vicious here because Kayfabe, he loves this title. He wants to keep the title and he doesn't want anyone to take it off him unless he's given everything he has. And we see this in a in a rather stagey spot where Cody is whipped into a bit of the stage at the side. Jungle Boy has a tete-a-tete with MJF at ringside. Let's look over here, camera. Look over here. And then we cut back. Cody's covered in blood. Yeah. Covered. Absolutely (laughs) wrestling through the blood in his eyes. And that really enhance the match you know blood blood does work in terms of making you more invested and making it more dramatic and here as a story point that blood like luke said was getting in cody's eyes and that that gave jungle boy an advantage and the finish of the match was quite spectacular indeed they get to the top turnbuckle looks like they're going to do a superplex but they both fall out of the ring through the table outside Cody took that all. I think, you know, usually those bumps, you take them both going sideways. Hmm. Cody fell completely backwards with Jungle Boy coming onto him, but then he gets right in the ring, crossroads, Jungle Boy takes it directly into the center of the earth. Cody wins, and we get a really wholesome, heartwarming celebration with the Nightmare family and Jurassic Express all out there. Jungle Boy hugs Cody. And I just thought that was a really nice ending yeah absolutely i i'm i don't like the design of the title absolutely not you know i I'm, I even the new version of it that they, they're going to do the, the finalized version of it but i don't care because if we get great tv wrestling like this every single week hot diggity damn i'm all in for it and cody's so good in this role 
I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm absolutely stoked for what they're going to do with this title. And you're absolutely like this being such a lovely, wholesome ending, him holding up uh, Jungle Boy and giving him a hug, raising his hands in the air while Jurassic, like it, all, it put over Jurassic Express as a whole, just sort of like Jungle Boy being a part of this. Yeah, an absolute home run. Oliver Davis, this. This was the greatest show. You son of a bitch. Well, uh, we've already given our overall thoughts. Uh, really, really worthwhile episode. AEW is just, I mean, they're very good. <laughs> what more can you say? It's been, it's been since the start of the year. They've yeah. had six months of the most consistent quality weekly wrestling TV I've ever seen. And that is something to be tremendously grateful for. And that they've kept that up under the current conditions just brilliant imagine if they weren't around right now just try and imagine that world because it's not just the fact that we won't have AEW. you wouldn't have nxt to its current extent either but maybe that's a good thing i don't know right the rest of the super chats on dynamite k amal Anybody else find it weird that Butcher and Blade kept wearing all white clothing like they're part of the Backstreet Boys? I'm used to them in black. Hmm. Yeah, I like it, though. Yeah, it, but it did, did weirdly stick out. Uh, <laughs> Matthew Robinson. Gotta love getting Cody Rhodes every week with great matches being TNT champion. Besides MJF, what do you think would be the best match-ups as this gets strung out more and more? I am excited for the period of time when it's not when it's people from outside of AEW, I think that's when it's going to be really exciting um, because you are going to see people that you might not have seen ordinarily. And I think that's going to be tremendously exciting. Yeah. So Cody did tweet saying that open challenge is open to everyone, not just AEW wrestlers. I am looking forward to the bit where, you know, where we start getting Kenny Omega step up. Yeah. Co- yeah. Yeah. Dust him. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. So it's some real like main event level stories. Uh, Kratos's forgotten son, Tully Blanchard's fiery promo from earlier this week was incredible. It felt 80s old school and I was completely invested. I like this new direction. Same here, mate. Let's just hope it's this, that they'll stick with this direction. Ben Isaacs, Havoc and Sabian are ranked number four. Thank you for correcting me on that now. Uh, they were they were unranked previously, of course. But then they won last week's match. Uh I still I, I was going to say like if you've got a ranking system then you can't really have number one contendership matches because mm. the whole like your ranking system is the number one contendership yeah uh, Valad Mamadipudi I'm just happy to see Hangman in the ring again right from his interaction with Penelope Ford also their finisher is called The Last Call it is but I just you know it's a great great move Lena Bliss how do you feel about FTR's comments on Lucha Bros do you know what they're not the first people to make it like you know and this is the first time it's really been addressed on television as, as part of a character as opposed to chris jericho being on his podcast being like those idiots don't know how to work i think it makes it all the more real i really appreciated that line matthew robinson omg i'm glad that they are booking brian cage and mox the right way making mox love the challenge of cage and not talking down to him but t- talking him up vince this is how you do it hmm Dylan from Cork. Hey! Cage is like a reincarnation of 2002 Brock Lesnar. 
Oh, what's about yeah? And Taz is the new Paul Heyman. Yeah, it's weird how that that sort of comparison could be made. Kratos is forgotten son again. Did anyone catch Havoc doing a SF Dragon Punch on Omega? Street Fighter. He goes, sure you can. Complete with sure you can being said too. What a funny Easter egg. AEW is incredible. LOL. Yeah, I'm not sure it's the first time that he's done it, but yeah, I really, really like it. Of course, Omega is a huge Street Fighter fan. Michael Dominguez, a little bummed. FDR didn't challenge Luke do the voice. The Butcher, the Blade. To a bowling match. Also solid ending with a good match. No cheesy drama. Yeah. I mean, it was the greatest show that AEW have ever done all time, all my life. It was it was perfect. I will pass uh, over to you. Thank you very much. Speaking of AEW related, Ben Isaac says, isn't it weird that TNT censored the word ass, but not the S word? Now, my... Because I thought that was weird as well. But I'm guessing it's because they already had two uses of the S words, and you can only have a certain number of swears throughout the show. So they just chose to, they chose those were the two we're not going to censor, and we'll just censor the, the ass one instead. I, I think maybe that's the way it works with censored. I don't know. But that was my, that was my guess. But yeah, it was weird. Um, Super Duper Noah said, uh, I feel like AEW intro gets updated every week. I love it so much. Oh, I haven't noticed. I usually skip ahead, I'm afraid. <laughs> Uh, new punk rants they are planting seed for sammy's face turn omega is the mvp of the empty arena era AEW cares about the youth and future of wrestling love y'all yeah i actually think that's probably a good point that omega is the mvp of the empty arena era yeah yeah definitely it could have been well osprey i guess if if new japan were running shows uh, because he he also otherworldly at manipulating a crowd that isn't even there but yeah yeah i'd agree a16 Adam Walker said, It's OWE's last show on Fight Tomorrow. Have you seen any of this season? The street fight on May 8th was amazing. I haven't seen any of it. No, no. I didn't even know they were running shows, to be honest. Uh, that's really interesting. Christopher Jazzcad, Babyface Sammy Guevara is going to be over AF. Everyone has made uh, him look amazing lately and will line up, to, uh, line up to return the favor when the time is right. Oh, sorry. He's made everyone look amazing lately and will line up to return the favor when the time is right. Uh, Miguel 8A, can you Definitely. think of other can you think of other indie comedy style wrestlers that would fit in well with AEW? My vote goes to Gentleman Jarvis. His match, Gentleman Jarvis's match with Orange Cassidy is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. That's the match where he literally puts uh Orange Cassidy to sleep and gets a pillow for him and everything to lay him down. And then the referee sneezes while counting the pin, and that's what wakes Orange Cassidy mm. up. <laughs> Um, I would say, I, I guess, Grado. But, you know, they've got Colt Cabana and Orange Cassidy. You, you, you wouldn't really want many others. Uh, Joey Ryan, actually. He's already mm-hmm. got AEW uh, history. Victor Vega, thoughts on Moxley wrestling on Dark next week? Yeah, we did mention that, but they did announce that uh, the champ is going to be on, on Dark. But, I mean, that's a, it's a really strong move. I, I still don't think I'm going to watch it, like, because I don't have enough time in, in the day. But, uh, yeah, I think that's a, really, that's a really cool thing. You know, they've said that from the start when they put Kenny Omega on Dark, like early doors, because they were like, we don't want it to feel like just a B show. We want it to still feel like it's an A show. Brandon Vaughn said, when do you think ROH or New Japan Wrestling will accept Cody's challenge if he holds the title for months? Do you think any of them will cross over to AEW? I think the first one would be Marty Skrull, actually. Like, him answered, what a great way to introduce him. But I'd want fans to be there for that. So, mm. then... 
Uh, so Sawyer's got a bit of a, has filled in the gaps for us a little bit. US TV has this weird rule where you can usually say ass, but not in the context of something going up or in an ass, which is why I think it got bleeped in Jericho's promo. <laughs> also, FDR has me hyped. It's funny, I mean, the UK's got a very similar thing. My university dissertation was on the BBFC's ruling. And, you know, the guy, I, I was interviewing a guy from the BBFC being like, you know, he said, you can if the the usage of the c word is an automatic 18 and i brought up Shaun of the dead because very early on he said would any of you sees like a drink and he said yes because it's all about the context he didn't directly say you're all c's he just said would any of you sees like a drink uh and that's how they can get away with a 15 it's all about the context um New Punk Rant says, the WWE marks are just upset because WWE doesn't have consistent storytelling, credible monsters, a good tag division, or top stars. Drew, it is. Drew, is it? Oh, Drew's definitely a top star, though. Yeah. Uh, ben Isaac says, theory, all of the uh, Black Wednesday firings that have come out since, could they have been planned to be announced for that Thursday, but done quietly due to Howard Finkel's death? Uh, yeah, I think that was a report, wasn't it, that came out at one point? Because remember, like, there was there was because there was a load of firings on Black Black Wednesday. Yeah, there was a report that there were more names to still be announced, but then mm. Howard Finkel passed away, and they sort of like were kept a bit quieter. Yeah, but you, I, there's nothing come out uh, apart from Krista Josephs of anyone who's been fired since. So I think they would. I I don't think that that was probably you know in the fog of war when everything's going down, a lot of stuff gets thrown around. So. I think it's you know it's proven since that the those were all the firings. And it was all in backstage talent as well, which wouldn't get the same sort of public announcement that on screen talent does. Um Ryu Adonte says, Love you guys and your support for everything you do. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Uh, Brandon Vaughan says, uh, thank you for your con uh, the continued support, WrestleTalk. I've been watching for years, and WrestleTalk has always been a way for me to escape the world. Please continue to support WrestleTalk, and please support each other. Each other. <laughs> from Quizzlemania last night. Uh, Wilson Simon says, started wrestling school on Saturday. Nervous, but excited. You can go to a wrestling school. Who's who's doing wrestling training right now? Are you nervous because of the pandemic or because of wrestling training? Good luck, uh, Kevin, though. Absolutely. Uh, Kevin says, it's been so long since I've been in the Super Chats. Got to go back to work. Didn't know software development was essential, but, you know, it's France. The Moxley promo was amazing as always. Keep up the good work, fellas. Jam that jam. Jam yeah. that jam, Kevin. Christian Cassie, Adam needs to book Louis versus Meltzer for Quizzlemania. If Louis keeps building a feud with Meltzer, I'm going to have to tell him to stop. It never works for anybody. Absolutely. I mean, I, I didn't want it because it was not the time to do it on that stream, but yeah. It is not the time or place to be doing anything like that, mate. It never works out. Uh, Joe Ray. Hello, boys. Cautious uh, about what's your favorite kind of jam that jam. I make jalapeno jam for grilled meat. Uh, also, do you guys prefer trunks or tights? I'm a tights man. I'm a tights man. And I, I just I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a boring man. I like strawberry jam. Strawberry jam is beautiful, mate. Never be. I mean, I also like a chili jam as well. But yeah, strawberry jam on a bagel. Mwah, lovely. Uh, Matthew Clough says, support WrestleTalk, support equality, support justice. And thank you to Dylan from Cork for an extra donation with no message. And we haven't had any messages on the other link. So we're all good. Uh, we 
I've got some emails to be read out. Um, I've also got another recommendation. Uh, I don't know if this is such a recommendation for you, but it's certainly a recommendation for podcast listeners. And I do appreciate that when I say this, I, I, I know I'm way behind the times, but the new series of DuckTales is fantastic. It's so good. I've watched three episodes of it today while I'm working. And it's, at some point, I've had to pause it so I can focus on what I'm doing because I don't I want so. to. Because I don't want to miss what's happening on the show. It's so good. I watched the trailer for Dave off the back of your glowing recommendation. It looks excellent. I, it's, yeah. That is right up my street, and then it's turned left into my driveway and parked itself in my front room. Unfortunately, I can't convince Anna to watch it just yet. Because I, I'm 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 living off two failures. And you know that like when it's your pick, when it's your turn for the couple mm-hmm. to watch something new. And I was like, hey, Jeffrey Epstein documentary. <laughs> and it's interesting, but yeah, it is a bit boring. I find it interesting, but totally see why it's boring to people. And then yeah, Star Force. It's not funny, unfortunately. <sighs> so that so now when I'm like, hey, let's watch Dave, she's just like, shut up, Ollie. Queer eyes on tomorrow. Yeah. Also, let's just watch Friends again. Yeah, well, that is that. That's effectively our screensaver. <laughs> Are you still um, watching Friends? Somehow, somehow, yeah, yeah. yeah. In a way, yeah. Um, do you know what though? It's like uh, I mentioned it on the Monday on the Raw podcast. Just watching Brooklyn Nine Nine again. Just had lunch today. My wife turned to me and said, "Do you want to watch Brooklyn?" And I was like, "Yeah." Do you know what I do? And every time we watch it, we both go, "No, sleep till Brooklyn." <laughs> I do a little dance in the credits. <laughs> Whenever we get into a long-running TV show, I always try to have a bit that mm-hmm. I do every time we watch the credits. And it's, yeah, it's a little dance. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah, we have that. We went through a period with Netflix shows. You know, like Netflix shows don't tend to have like lyrics to their theme songs. I'm trying to put the name of the show into <laughs> it. Personal favorite is House of Cards. It was House... House of Cards, House of Cards, House of Cards. Very, very good. Someone listening, edit that over the the title sequence. Uh, uh, A Rusev Hay in from uh, Ashleen, uh, who says, Hey, Luke, I know this section is normally about meeting different wrestlers, but this is a special meeting I had on this day two years ago that I feel is worth talking about. Now, this was sent two days ago, hasten to add um shortly after moving down to cork from my home county of limerick to move in with my sister we headed out into town one of those rare saturday nights off from working in a pub during this night a group of lads entered the pub we were in and one of them stood out in particular this handsome chap was wearing a very cool t-shirt that had the words bala club written on it I have a huge interest in Irish mythology and assumed this was something related to the Irish mythical creature named Bala. And after a glass of wine or two, I went up to this gentleman to know where he got this T-shirt from. No, 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 no. This has never happened. No girl in a bar has, who doesn't know anything about wrestling has gone up to a guy wearing a wrestling T-shirt and said, tell me about your T-shirt. But this in is fairness, in fairness, I she don't didn't believe know it was a, happened. She didn't know it was a wrestling t-shirt. Anyway, 
This was my first time hearing the name Finn Balor, and it was my first proper introduction to wrestling. All I knew previously about wrestling was that The Rock used to do it before he did in movies, but I've never actually watched it. The young gentleman wearing this t-shirt was the man who has now been commonly known to WrestleTalk as Dylan from Cork. He's one of Dylan our... from Cork. Yes, he's one of our long-running pledge hammers. He's uh, up in the chats a lot. We stayed in contact after that night, and it wasn't too long after that we were dating. Liv- uh, try that again. Little did I know that that night that I'd meet the most genuine guy on the planet who I now can't imagine my life without. Couldn't just pick one uh, picture, so I've sent a selection of some of my favorite pictures of our time together. I just want to finish off by saying thank you to Dylan for being there for me through thick and thin over the last couple of years, and I can't wait to see you uh, again when this all goes back to normal. I also wanted to say that I love the podcast, and I love Quizzlemania. It's by far my favorite thing to watch during quarantine. You're all doing a wonderful job every Wednesday giving so many people an escape from reality. Best wishes from Ashleen. I'm going to forward this email across to you so you can also see the pictures. One second. Ollie Davis forward. I'm just going to look at it now. What a beautiful couple they are. I believe Ashleen as well is one of our excellent key workers in this country, if my memory serves, because she can't always watch Quizzlemania live. Sometimes she just she squeezes it in on her lunch breaks. What a hero. So, yeah, I've just had these in. Um, so is that two Bullet Club related meet cutes we've had now on the that, show? That, that is two, yes. That is absolutely two Bullet Club related relationships we've heard on this show. Damn, if you're gonna get a lady friend, you wanna wear the Bullet Club shirts. Look at them, it's like a little montage thing. It's like I'm looking at an Instagram post. I believe it's oh, called a collage. A collage. Mm. All right, fancy Frenchman. <laughs> well, that's lovely that you found each other in yeah. your wrestling fandom. Ah. Oh absolutely beautiful couple that they are um let's see if we've got anything else in the emails we've got quick time for oh on on the emails everyone we're changing the way we do shiz now no more emails to us individually so you know you can figure it out can't you name at wrestletalk.com everything needs to support at wrestletalk.com now uh and that's where we'll be replying to your emails from. Don't worry, it'll still be us replying. It'll just be a centralized, safer way to do it. Indeed. Uh, which means that this might be the last email ever from the old way we used to do things. Because as Ollie said now, support at wrestletalk.com. That's how you're going to get your emails read out on the podcast in future. This one comes in from Charlie, who says, Hey, Luke, just writing to say a massive thank you to yourself and the entire WrestleTalk family. My girlfriend recently left me and I'm in a really bad place right now, but all of your content is putting a smile on my face through it all. I'm going to become a pledge hammer. I tried yesterday, but Lloyd's blocked the payment. Banks, eh? Who'd have them? Just so you know, I feel like I'm one of the few people who actually understands your humor and realizes that the majority of what you say is sarcastic. Much like myself, we must be elite uh thank you for everything again from trev i'm never sarcastic trev i don't know where you got that from uh but yeah i'm really sorry to hear about your break uh it, but it it passes trust me don't worry we'll get through this together and just funnel yourself into something new take your mind off stuff use that to fuel a new endeavor it's the best Indeed. way uh like watching ducktales it's awesome it's oh does it still have that theme music and if anything it's got a better version of it 
It's got like wow. a it, it's new but different. When it's the same but different is what I meant to say. It's oh man, the animation's great. Donald is in it. Uh, they've just I've just finished an episode where they're now te- uh, teasing. Um, like oh man, I can't wait. I can't wait to watch more episodes of it. It's brilliant. Uh, but anyway, that's um, yeah, Gizmodak. Oh my god, Gizmodak. Anyway, that's right. That's all we've got time for on this edition of the podcast. Adam and I will be back tomorrow with the magazine show. So expect more grumpy Adam as he's got to start work at 9 a.m., which is <laughs> he's well whingy about. Um, and yes, we'll have that out tomorrow. And then Peter and Andrew will be doing the SmackDown review on the Saturday. Take care. Oh, and there'll be an NXT in your house review next Monday. Fun times at the fair. And an NXT review today. Oh yes, and then oh my god, there's for all the marks, there's so much. And go and download Quizzlemania as well. Thank you all so much for listening to everything we put out. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.